everybody. And um, I guess I should say welcome back to you, but welcome back to us to our first episode after our extended break of Intention is Everything. Cheryl, I almost forgot the name of the show. That shows you how long we've been gone, Karen. I know. Well, we took the summer off. Um, It was kind of a last minute decision. I I think that just with the events of, of everything that's gone on this year, And with me, my schedule has been crazy busy, as you know, and that has Mm -hmm. continued. And so we Mm -hmm. took a couple of months off. And during that time, I wrote like three books. Wow, you have been busy. I've been crazy busy. So how are you in this completely normal, nothing strange about a year of 2020? You know, typical, just same old, same old. No, not really. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, You know, I finally broke down. I got my hair done in midsummer. It It looks very nice. Yes, I got mine did too, but it's just not looking real great right now because it's Sunday and we're not Uh, on Yeah, yeah. You know, I I just, I gave in. I did that. Um, I did go on vacation, but I, I, we maintained our, our, our distance and wore our masks and we washed our hands. Well, we went to... Kentucky on and we did some ghost hunting that's you want to call it that mainly ghost investigations and we went to uh, Bobby Mackey's Music World we went to Waverly Hills Sanatorium and we went to Brushy Mountain uh, Prison I think it's called uh, State Penitentiary but that one was in Tennessee did you have any experiences we had a, a really great time I want to thank Jackie, Tony, and Derek, because they invited us to go along with them. And we just had a fantastic time. We had personal experiences. We heard things audibly. Uh, we caught things on the recorder. We saw, I saw a shadow person at Bobby Mackey's. Um, we had just some really interesting um, evidence there at, at, at all of the locations. And sometimes it's subtle. And then I literally thought one time at Waverly Hills, I heard somebody talking in back of me, like literally in my ear, like yeah, saying two words. Yeah. And that was like, then you, you know, wow. Okay, what? See, it, can be like that. it can be incredibly subtle. And this is yeah. part of why I think people are so doubtful about, um, and this isn't the topic of our show, folks, I promise. It's not. It's not we're, just, yeah. we're just gabbing. Um, but it shouldn't, it, it's, I think that that's why a lot of people struggle with believing it is because some of it is so incredibly subtle. And mm-hmm. then, so when you get this big in your face thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like shocking. It is shocking. And you know, the shadow person at Bobby Mackey's Music World happened when we were packing up and about to head out. Um, I was Did you last... feel it in like every cell of your body when you saw it? Like, yeah, and this whole almost... kind of went through you. Oh my gosh. And it's almost like too good to be true. You're like, wait a minute. You start questioning yourself. Did, mm-hmm. that, did I really see that? Could that have been mm-hmm. somebody else? You know, I, I eliminated, of course, it wasn't somebody else, but maybe it wasn't what I thought, you know, but it's there and you saw it, yet you still question it after. No, I get it. I get it. I do that to myself too. And I've come to recognize that that's our conditioning, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're conditioned that this stuff, by the way, I have to apologize. I'm snuggled up on my couch. It's a Sunday afternoon um, and my dogs are snoring. And so you're going to hear that. It is. It's fine. It is what it is. They're comfy. We like that. Yeah. They're, they're comfy and monkeys, monkeys having a nice sleep right now. (laughs) So you're going to hear a little dog (laughs) snoring, but anyway, yeah, I think that we're conditioned because, you know, we've been told that these things aren't real 
And therefore, it's really hard sometimes to be someone who steps forward and says, no, this is real and I have this experience. But what I found, because we've been doing this together for a long time now, Cheryl, I mean, for mm-hmm. what, 2008? Is that Eight. when we 2008-ish is when we started yeah, yeah. Um, actually with the magazine and things and doing all of that. Yes. Uh, maybe even 2007. I don't know. It's been a long time. Anyway, and so... It, it was very hard in the beginning to be that person who stepped forward and said, yes, I've had these experiences all of my life. Mm-hmm. But then what I've discovered, and I think you have as well, is that when you are the person who has the courage to say that, all of these people sort of sidle up to you very quietly when make sure nobody's looking, right? <laughs> and they whisper, well, I had this experience. And if I had a nickel for every person who did that and started it with, you're going to think I'm crazy, but, and my response is always, look who you're talking to. I mean, yes. Yeah. And it's, it could be, it could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be a stranger. Exactly. And it's, and it's just, it's the sharing of this information that I think is so valuable because, you know, the stigma on um, paranormal related matters over the years has been pretty brutal. (laughs) So, you know, to admit, to admit, hey, um, I saw somebody standing in my room that wasn't living, you know, to admit something like that. I saw Bigfoot, I, I saw UFO, whatever it is. It's, I like it because the media attention brought to it with these shows, even though maybe they're not as realistic as, as, as we know they, they could be. Um, they brought a lot of good attention to the field. And I think it helps to share these experiences and make people think, hey, I'm not crazy. These things do happen. Right. Um, there's a lot of mystery out there that we don't know about. And they do yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah. I, I know when I wrote my first book, um, which was God, back in 2009, and um, I had been writing for the magazine and we'd been doing, I think we'd been doing the podcast by then as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah, it was still something that I kind of kept in a pocket, right? It was something that I kept away. I didn't share it on my own personal social media. I didn't share it with my family, all of those things. I really kept it quiet to myself. And when I wrote my first book, when I wrote Avalanche of Spirits, and it was about these experiences that I'd had up at Wellington, I remember just the absolute terror I I felt in actually putting that out there in the world and oh my god what are people going to think of me and you know it's certainly there have been people who have reacted not great and that's fine um because I don't need that validation because I've had the experiences but look at what it's opened up for me as far as the spiritual path once I stepped into that and I actually Mm -hmm. said to the this is my truth. This is what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. This is what I know. This is what I recognize. I, there's been no looking back and look at how much your life has opened up since you started doing that, how much my life has opened up since I started mm-hmm. doing that. And it's led along this path where, yeah, you know, the ghost thing is cool, right? Mm-hmm. But right. it's led along this path to this other stuff, this intention yeah. work that we're doing. And, right. and, yeah. all, and it's led to some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, which is super yeah. cool too. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people have that story that you just relayed, that they had these things happen, but they buried them deep to even forgetting about them until click something happens. Oh, wait a minute, that happened to me when I was, you know, 10 or whatever. And then, you know, it starts coming out. And the more you, you, you embrace it, I think the healthier it becomes for you as a person. 
Yeah. 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 I really had that experience this summer as I was writing um, one of my books and I can't say what the topic is yet, but it's really cool. It's something I haven't written about before in book form. And so I'm super excited about it. But as I was writing that book and I was sharing personal anecdotes and I was talking about various things, I found myself remembering things, even from when I was a little child. Oh, wow. That I had just not thought about or had written off as something else that all of a sudden made sense. So even I've been working with this for years now, I write about it, I talk about it, you know, I I teach about it, all of those things. Um, But I still pull back these experiences now that I had from childhood that I had completely buried Mm -hmm. and forgotten. And it feels so good to bring those out into the light. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. All right. So we are, uh, you have a topic today because we don't have a guest. We don't have a guest, but this topic you wrote about for Paranormal Underground Magazine's September issue, and I thought it was fantastic. And it's a great um, topic that I think we could share with our listeners and really get into because it has the potential to change your life. And all you need to do is spend five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, one minute a day, a day. And it literally has the, the power to change your life. And so your article in the magazine was called Change Your Story, Affirmations for Success. And it's basically about how we have the power to change our story, to redefine our lives and to set our intentions to to make things happen that we want to happen. Yes, which is perfect for a show called Intention is Everything, right? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of affirmation. I actually, um, I I don't know exactly what was in the story because as you know, I write about something and promptly forget it, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, so so that's happened. So you will spark my memory as we go along. Um, But I know that I did, I, I shared a story that actually came out in a chicken soup for the soul book about Mm -hmm. affirmations and how back many years ago when Tanner, my son, who is um, now 24 and married, was like three years old. And I was in this happy, an unhappy marriage with Tanner's dad. And I hated my job. And I just was broke all the time. And I was sick all the time. And and just everything was kind of in that downward spiral. And um, I was tired of it. And so I had read something about affirmations. And I thought, well, I'll try it. And so I had a notebook and every single day in that notebook, I wrote probably 10 affirmations every single day in that notebook, every day over and over and over again. And I would write them like five or six times each so that um, I don't remember what the number was. But then I put the notebook away and I promptly forgot about it. And the affirmations were things like um, being able to work from home so that I could be a, a parent as well, but still make an income. Um, and, you know, being in a relationship that was supportive and, and not living hand to mouth financially mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and having a job that was fulfilling as opposed to life sucking, you know, things like that. <laughs> right, right. And um, forgot about them. Um, my life went on. Uh, Tanner's dad and I divorced. I met my, I met Jim um, and everything else. Well, fast forward now, Tanner's probably seven or eight. And Jim and I have just moved into this house where we live now. And um, we're married, just we've been married for like a week when we moved here. We were barely married. And um, 
as I was unpacking, I came across these notebooks. And as I mentioned earlier, I write things and then promptly forget them because that's just the way I am. on to the next. But I thought, <laughs> huh, I wonder what I put in these notebooks. And I opened them up and it was the notebooks were filled with me writing these affirmations over and over and over again. And I hadn't written an affirmation in probably four or five years with this, right? And they described my life exactly. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in the article that I, that I talked about in the September issue of the magazine, you talked about how you were having trouble sleeping. And then you talked about how the doing some affirmations about sleeping turned it around for you. Yes. How, how easy was it to do that? Um, you know, the hardest thing for me is to honestly, to remember, (laughs) so to remember to do it. Um, but what I would do, and I also, I, I will say, I also put, um, an amethyst crystal on my bedside table because amethyst helps with sleep. Um, and so strongly recommend that. Uh, I, and I made sure that there was nothing that had fire energy in my bedroom because fire energy keeps you awake. What, what, give me an example of fire energy, fire energy, red things, orange Ah, things, candles. Interesting. Um, that type of makes sense. Yeah. Right. So, so things with really, so even like the lamps in my bedroom are very soothing. Um, and the colors are kind of neutral and soothing. Mm -hmm. And so I made sure that I had created this energetic space first that was, um, important for sleep. And anybody can do that. Like even you shouldn't have plants in your bedroom because plants have too much live, lively energy. I did. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Yes. And so they can keep you awake. Okay. I currently don't have plants, but I started finally, Karen, you're going to be proud of me. After a year and a half, two years now, we've been here. I finally integrated a couple of live plants downstairs and I was going to get some in the bedroom, but now I may not do that. No, no, I wouldn't do do that. Okay. I wouldn't do plants in the, that's a feng shui thing. Um, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do plants in the bedroom because that can disrupt your sleep. And then anything with like really jaggedy edges in your bedroom, Mm -hmm. you don't want, and you don't want pictures. Like say you have a picture of a volcano erupting in your bedroom. (laughs) Not a good idea. (laughs) No. Okay. No noted. No volcano. No volcano pictures in the bed. No, and you're also just feng shui. I will get back to the subject, I promise. But since we're talking <laughs> about energy hygiene in your bedroom, we might as well, right? Right. Um, the other thing you don't want in your bedroom because it's it's just not good feng shui is you don't want pictures of water or the ocean and you don't want a water fountain. Those can all be disruptive to sleep as well. Okay. Okay. What's, anyway. Okay, go ahead. So, so I took care of the energy hygiene of my bedroom. I made sure that I had amethyst crystals in my bedroom. I made sure that the lighting was soothing. The bed was comfortable. The temperature was comfortable. I even go as far as I'm going to have to spell her name because she's sitting next to me and she will respond to A-L-E-X-A. Um, <laughs> I, I have that play meditation music for me in my bedroom and I have binaural beats in my bedroom. And so it's just very, you walk into my bedroom and you just kind of go, Night, gosh, I right. need to do that. <laughs> so I, so I made my, I, so the first, I, before I started with that, I made sure that the energy hygiene in my room was was conducive to sleep. Okay. 
And then I started to do the affirmation because I was still having trouble sleeping. And I will admit that I have never been somebody who's been a good sleeper. Even mm-hmm. as a kid, I was a terrible sleeper. Um, and I've always been an insomniac and stuff. But that's a belief that I've held about myself since I, I my, my thing keeps tilting up. So you're seeing like the top of my head, nothing else. <laughs> Anyway, so I just have never been a great sleeper. And but also that's a belief that I hold. And if I hold the belief that I'm not a great sleeper, what experience am I going to give myself? You're not going to get great sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my affirmations then were focused on counteracting that belief that I'm not a good sleeper. So every night before I go to sleep and I, I, I do this, um, I don't do it every night anymore. I used to do it every night when I was really struggling with the sleep. I would, every night I would say I sleep peacefully, soundly and comfortably and I awake feeling refreshed and um, energized or something along those lines. That's pretty similar to what I said in the article, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. I came up with an affirmation where, and I would say it every night before I went to sleep. And then I would also say a few other things because, you know, I do the dream stuff. And so I would say, tell me what I need to know. And I would send out Reiki to other people. And so I would do all of these things. I had this bedtime ritual. And the last thing I would say, just as I was drifting off to sleep is, is tonight I'll sleep suddenly peacefully and comfortably. And I will awake feeling refreshed and energized or something along those lines. And I did that. And within about a week, I was sleeping better. I mean, so you basically transformed your whole sleeping experience with just a little bit of effort, a little bit of time, yet it's had the ability to change basically your life because getting good sleep can affect so many different things in your life. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and I would even do stuff like I would wake up, um, I, I'm, I was the kind of insomniac where I would wake up in the middle of the night and I, I woke at like one or 2 Mm AM. That was it for me. If something woke me up, I wasn't getting back to sleep. And that was a years long habit. That was a years long issue that I struck like my entire life, even as a teenager and as a kid, if I woke up in the middle of the night, that was it. I would be up. And, um, I, that just does not happen for me. It happens very occasionally now. I find when it happens, it's usually because um, channeled information is coming to me and they want me to do it now. Right now. <laughs> right up now. And yeah, yeah. Take care of business. So <laughs> that would be a several times a week occurrence for me before. Um, and if, and now it's less than once a month. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at your quote. So your, your affirmation was I sleep peacefully and awake rested and refreshed. That was one of the affirmations that you, that you used. And so, yeah, yeah. Very simple yet very powerful. Um, Let's back up a little bit. Can you define what an affirmation is? Well, sure. An affirmation is just a positive statement of an outcome you'd like to see occur in your life. And when you make a pause and you don't even have to say it aloud. You can say it in your head. You can write Mm -hmm. it. I kind of do um, a combination of them. If you're a good visualizer, you can visualize it. So it's merely a positive statement of, so instead of saying, so an affirmation for sleep like that, I sleep, what say, tell me what it says again. I sleep peacefully and awake rested and refreshed. Right. Okay. So I sleep peacefully and awake, rested and awake and rested and refreshed is an affirmation that has a positive focus because that's the outcome I'd like, as opposed to, I don't wake up in the middle of the night. That's a negative affirmation because 
you still will wind up waking up in the middle of the night because that's what you're focusing on. So you focus on what you want the outcome to be, and then you make a positive statement about that. Uh, that's a huge good point, and I want to come back to that in a minute. Um, okay. The I am not. Yeah, because um, a lot of people that. do that. A yeah. lot of people do that, and that creates the energetic conditions for mm-hmm. what you don't want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I had found this really cute journal at Target or Walmart or wherever, and it had it had this these pretty pink flowers on it. It said happiness on the front of it, and I got it, and and I started um, writing my affirmations every morning. I'd write them down in the little j- happiness journal. And then I just, it kind of faded away and I got out of the practice. And how can you advise people, what's the best time of day to do that? Is it in the morning? Is it, you know, midday? Is it at night before you go to bed? What's the I best time? I would say time? the best time of day is when you can make it a habit, when you can make mm-hmm. it habitual. There's not Whatever works good, for you. Okay. There's not a good or bad time. Um, and just don't overcomplicate it. You know, a habit, you, you need to, there's, there's a myth that for a habit, you need to do it for 21 days and then it becomes a habit. It's not actually true. That's okay. not actually grounded in science or anything. Um, a habit takes as long as it takes to establish. That's okay. kind of what they've found. Um, so the 21 days thing, just don't think just because you do something for three weeks straight that that means you're going to, it's going to be set. It's going to take hold forever. <laughs> right, right. So what I do is I recommend that you... you um, it's like learning to remembering to take your pills, right? So when you take medicine, like I take vitamin D and, and a few different vitamin things. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always been really not good at taking vitamins because I hate swallowing pills. And so my excuse back when I was younger and I could get away with not taking vitamins, right, mm-hmm. was, okay, well, you know, I just can never remember to do it. Well, if you tie that habit into another habit, like you get out of bed, you don't freaking forget to brush your teeth every morning. So if your vitamin pills are there when you brush your teeth, right? Mm -hmm. So something you do every day, you can tie this habit into. You take a shower. While you're in the shower, you can recite your affirmations in your mind. You go to sleep every night. When you crawl in bed, you can recite your affirmations before you go to sleep. So tie it into something that you do anyway, and then you rule out that excuse, well, I never remember to do it, because you've tied it to something. There are just things you don't forget to do. Yeah, and and there's no excuse at that point, because you're already doing something, and you can do something simultaneously, or right before, or right after, um, in the course of things. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, and you were talking about... Okay, I want to talk about, if we could, the late Dr. Wayne Dyer. Sure. Um, uh, Dr. Dyer, and if you can, um, if, if you're listening right now, you should go check out Dr. Dyer's uh, YouTube videos. I think you can find them pretty much all on YouTube. They're, they're just, I mean, I got to transcribe one of them for work. I had a project, and, and my boss wanted to share it with his clients. So he asked me to transcribe it. And it was like, I had never listened to anything from him in full for like an hour and an hour and a half, whatever it was. And it's just really, it just hit me hard because it's so simple, you know, yet it's so effective. And I'm talking about, okay, if you go to um, drwaynedyer.com, you know, his website, they still are running his website. You know, yes. even though he's, he's passed on. And he has some really great articles. The one article that 
um, I wanted to mention was called the power of I am. So instead of I am not, I, I am. am. Okay. And so he has some, some very simple affirmations. And Karen, I did some of these uh, when they were building this house and you had advised me to write some affirmations on some paper, each on a little single piece of paper, fold it up, put it in the foundation, yes. bury it in the yard. Yes. And Chad and I did that. And most of them are what I'm going to read right now from uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer. I am happy. I am peace. I am healthy. I am worthy. I am love. I am capable. Those are just a few that are so simple, yet they're so effective and life-changing. Because once you are in the I am space instead of the I am not, it, it really changes how your mind works. And there is science behind it as well from what I've, I've there is. looked into. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is that um, you can then take it, you can just do it very simply like you did, put some in your foundation and write them or think them or whatever you do, like I did with my sleep, or you can take it a step further and you can use I am statements to cancel out the I am not thinking that you have throughout the day. Mm -hmm. um, so I can give you an example with prosperity because this is a really easy one and we all do it, right? So I could get up every morning and say, I give thanks to the universe that today I am prosperous. And I can say that every day. But then my bill comes in the mail for my, uh, you know, for a medical procedure. And I think, crap, how am I going to yeah. pay this? Yeah. And then I'm at the grocery store and I think, geez, look at what the price of milk is. Well, I would never think that because I'm allergic to milk. Um, Jeez, look at what the price of steak is. I can't, how am I ever going <laughs> to afford a steak again? Yeah, You know, and, and so I have these, so even though I get up every morning and I say, I give thanks that today I am prosperous, every single thought I have that counteracts that throughout the day is just as powerful. Each thought mm -hmm. is just mm -hmm. as powerful as the one I am statement I have made. And therefore you can use I am to cancel that. So what you have to do, and this is why you focus on one or two affirmations at a time versus you know, 8 million, right? Mm -hmm. You make them simple is because you work on catching yourself having those thoughts. So when you look at the price of chicken and you think, oh my God, or the price of hand sanitizer or, yeah. you know, all of right. those things. And you think, how am I going to afford that? And when somebody says, well, let's go out for dinner and drinks. And you think, okay, but what, am, what bill am I not going to pay? Mm -hmm. Catch yourself having those thoughts that are counter to your I am statement that you make every morning. And then you simply say in your mind, cancel that. I give thanks that today I am pros prosperous. And so you repeat that or you simply say, I am prosperous. Cancel that. I am prosperous. You catch yourself having the thoughts that are counter to the affirmation that you're making every day. And you, and eventually it changes your thinking, but it takes a while. It's so hard. I find myself getting sucked into the I am not all the time. And I hate it. And I really do. It's like, okay, I'll give you an example. I'll start worrying about my kids. Okay. And I'll be thinking up these horrible scenarios. Oh my gosh, this is going to happen. This bad thing's going to happen. I have no control. I'm so far away. They're all across the country. This is, a, I worry about my kids. And then I think, oh my gosh, I'm manifesting something right now. This is not good. I'm starting to, I'm, I'm starting to manifest something. So immediately think, and this is, you know, you advise me to do this, of course. 
immediately I'm, I, I, I change the story when I catch myself doing this. And then I think, um, I, I, you know, my child is healthy. My child is safe. You know, I, yes. I, I, my child is, okay. you know, whatever, whatever I want to think about manifesting for them. I try and change that story, turn it around away from negative, you know, something bad, something worrisome, because putting out all of those negative thoughts has to have an effect on the, on the environment, on the, on the world. Right. Well, it does. And we, we have this belief that if we worry about things before they happen, that we can somehow control it. Mm, Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's most people do this. I would say a majority of people do this. We worry and we worry out of a sense of control. But every time we worry, what we're doing is we're projecting our thoughts into the future. My dad um, used to speak to people about different things. He was a, he was a high school counselor. So he had his, you know, education and psychology and all of that stuff. And he would come into people's classes and speak. And when he was, would speak. And um, I was always humiliated when he came into my class because God is my dad, you know, and he (laughs) had all of the corny dad jokes and puns and, and he never dialed any of that back for any. (laughs) So when you're a high schooler and your dad works in your high school and he comes into your classroom and gives a speech, you just kind of, uh, but what he would say is he would say 98% of the things you worried about last year didn't happen. And yeah, think about all the things you worried about. Yeah. And all of that wasted energy. And imagine what you could do if instead of canceling out your affirmations by worrying about things that you have absolutely zero control over, if you instead reformatted your thinking so that you were thinking positively, not only does it have a positive effect on your life, but the more that you think positively and put positive energy out there on the universe, you also Mm -hmm. bring more positive energy to the collective consciousness. So tell me more about the collective consciousness. What is it? Uh, the collective consciousness is basically the collective energy of all of us who are embodied spirits walking around in human bodies. We're souls walking around in human bodies who have come from the source or oneness and returned to the source or oneness. But while we're here, we believe we're separate. However, our thoughts are a collective thing. They collectively manifest. And so when we all collectively manifest certain things, you'll, you'll see it in certain outcomes that happen. So I wrote an article many years ago for, well, it was back in 2012. Or right, yeah, it was in 2012 about the WebBot project. Mm-hmm, I remember. remember the 2012 yes. WebBot project. Yes. And what that was is that was a predictive algorithm that looked at words that people were using on the internet. Mm -hmm. And it then made predictions. And a lot of those predictions came true based on the thoughts and words that people were expressing. It was used primarily as a way to predict financial markets. Mm -hmm. However, it was incredibly uncannily accurate for other things as well. Interesting, isn't it? Yes, and and that was simply where the collective focus was. And so I sometimes feel right now like um, a little tiny, tiny mouse punching against a big elephant because our collective consciousness right now in this year of 2020 has been um, 
understandably negative, I would say. You know, the hits just keep coming. And, right. and I recognize that. But I try so hard to keep my energy and my thoughts focused in a positive direction and encourage others to as well. Um, as much as possible without, you know, not without sounding like a sanctimonious biatch or something, right? you know, um, <laughs> right. because, because if we all collectively focus on the negative things, we aren't going to counteract the positive things. And so you need that one voice. Um, I just actually channeled a, a message from the Georges this morning. Oh, you and, did? Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. And okay. they were actually talking about this, which is really interesting that then this became our subject today because I had yeah. completely forgotten what you told me we were going to talk about today. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's why I messaged you. I was like, what are we talking <laughs> Anyway, um, so, but what, what they said is they said, if you're standing in a very dark room and you light a match, that dispels some of the darkness. And one person with one match has the opportunity to light another match and another match and another match. And that can grow exponentially, but that first person has to write the match, light the match. Mm-hmm. And okay. so, so I know that we get so caught up in the neg- negativity of this year, which is yeah. totally understandable. Yeah. Look, it's tough. It's painful. Mm-hmm. Change and shift is painful. It is. It's very painful. Um, and we're trying to, we, we feel like we have no control over anything. Well, the truth is we never have had any control over anything. This year's just proving it to us. Yeah. The exactly. only thing we can control is our own thoughts and our own reactions. And one person has to be the person to light that match. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that message a lot, Karen. That's, that's, a, that's a good message. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that was a George's. That wasn't me. They're right. Well... Um, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Absolutely. I have a quote from Wayne Dyer, from Wayne Dyer's blog that I wanted to read from him. Um, so I'm just going to read it and then we can discuss. Okay. He says, overcoming this, I am not mentality begins with trusting your inner world of spirit. There are no boundaries restricting your inner world, but your worldview and your self-concept in the outer world are defined by your five senses. The outer world is always changing, which by our definition means it is not real. This awareness that what remains unchanging is the only reality could lead you to experiencing a majestic wake-up call right here and right now. I'm Um, nodding. People can't see me, but I'm... You're nodding because it's just... uh, Powerful. Dr. Dr. Dyer just encapsulates these powerful messages that okay 2020 as you said is just honestly it's the worst year I can ever remember um in my life so it's the worst year pardon my French but it's a shit show it is it's terrible I'm 51 now um it's the worst year um and I I can't help but be sad about things but what can I also do I have to I have to feel these feelings but then I can also do something proactively positive um, as well for my own uh, peace of mind, as well as I do feel like our thoughts become energy in the world, collective consciousness, right? Yes. Um, and so this statement from Dr. Dyer, I think, says we are we're we're limiting our we're limiting ourselves by our own, our own self concept, our own self definition, and we don't have to do that. We can right. really empower ourselves as individuals, and it's all in our control. We can empower ourselves just by thought, just by 
yes our affirmations I love that so funny you should mention it because uh that was in the George's message today too I swear to god I yeah I had completely forgotten that this is what we were talking about well I didn't tell you 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 know me I forget I didn't tell um, you I had these notes until we just got on the phone here. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Right. So I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. You're welcome mm-hmm. to go look on author Karen Frazier on my blog. It's message number 18. The message is titled Spiritual Activism. Okay. Um, today we wish to discuss spiritual activism with you. Our goal is to provide you with some simple manage- messages to manage your discomfort and turn it into the spiritual change your planet has been primed for by the events of 2020. Sounding like what we were just talking about? Yes. Each of you has a key role in transforming what appears to be rampant negativity and bad news into higher frequency energy. In other words, we have some advice to help you manage vibrational shift, which is what is occurring on planet Earth at this time. Please know that we are aware which of you are reading this and it, and it is you that we're speaking to. If you read and I'll say now or hear our message or words and ideas, they are for you. If someone pops into your mind as you hear or read this message, we encourage you to share it with them as well. You have what it takes to step into spiritual activism and bring about the shift your planet so desperately needs. To start, we wish to remind you of something essential to human existence. Each of you, before you embodied, realized that walking in a human body would bring with it pain and fear, and you each eagerly accepted one of the key missions of embodiment to energetically shift away from fear and pain in order to bring about spiritual transformation as part of the process of remembering with the oneness. We also wish to offer you a key reminder when you recognize the pain of another and when you experience the outcome of someone else's pain or fear, do not let it become your pain. Do not allow the manifestation of another's fear and pain to become the excuse you use to dive into lower frequency energies and behaviors. Instead, use it as the impetus to sow seeds of love and compassion, especially for those appear to lack compassion and kindness for others. Don't let someone else's pain become your hate. Don't allow the manifestation of someone else's fear to serve as your excuse for unkindness, anger, and hateful words or deeds. And then they talk about Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount um, saying, um, turn the other cheek. I'm not going to read that whole thing. And they talk about how Jesus and other spiritual um, spiritual messengers actually were teaching spiritual activism which is holding energetic space for a shift to higher frequency. And so I'll find the, um, okay. So we understand that this may seem difficult during these times. Your medium bombards you with lower vibrational messages filled with anger and vitriol. These -hmm. are the voices of the fearful, those in pain and the disenfranchised. And when you encounter them, your first reaction is likely to be pain, fear, defensiveness, or anger. These feelings spark deep discomfort in many of you, but there are so many messages and incidents containing this vibration that many of you simply notice you feel on edge, and then you keep scrolling through more media, absorbing more messages, and ignoring or suppressing the discomfort they make you feel because you fear that if you allowed yourself to fully experience those feelings, it might destroy you. Um, And then what they suggest you do is that instead of continuing scrolling, reading it and feeling that anxiety that you feel when you read something, right, or hear something or see something, what they do is they suggest that you step into a safe space. Um, So if you're driving the car, wait till you get home, Mm -hmm. Um, step into a safe space and sit in that discomfort or whatever the media is that whatever the media has sparked in you that you sit in that discomfort and you allow you yourself to fully experience it 
And then once you do that, they suggest that you place your hands over your heart, you close your eyes and you pull that into your heart and feel it surrounding with love. And that what they're saying is holding that space for goodness and positivity and positive energy is spiritual activism. That spiritual activism isn't shouting other people down and, and telling people that they're bad for not believing what you do. It's turning the other cheek. It's surrounding those thoughts and feelings with love as you experience them. Spiritual activism. I've yes. never heard of I've never heard of that before. Well, that was neither had I. Okay. That's just like that wasn't me. That's them. That's the, just, okay. I, I for, just for our listeners, me. for our listeners who don't know who or what the George Collective is, can you just tell us briefly what, what, what that is? So since I was a child, I've had these what I thought originally as a kid were imaginary playmates. And as I got older, um, these voices that have shared things with me. Um, I believe that they're responsible for right or for that. They, I channel a lot of my books, for instance. Okay. Um, and at the start of 2020, they started sending me some really profound messages and they started really preparing me. Um, they'd done it a couple other times. There was one time we were uh, like maybe about 10 years ago where we were somewhere and all of a sudden, I don't remember this happening, but other people were there and saw me. I started drawing things and stuff. And they told them their name was George and they had messages for us. And it was really weird. Um, and then this year, they've started to really consciously share information with me. So when I say I write things and I don't remember what I write, that's what I mean. And are they your spirit guides? Who are they? They are. Well, so they say that they are the oneness. And I named them the George Collective because that they identified when I was a child, they were George, just one George. And now what I understand is that they are source energy. Um, and I believe that all channeled energy really is source energy. All channeled information is coming from source energy. And it's just that we have different filters. And mm -hmm. so we call it different things. Mm -hmm. So basically the Georges are the higher wisdom that communicates through me. And they're very... Um, They've been very insistent and very prolific this year. I have, it was something that I always kind of kept to myself because it was one of those, like I was talking about that stepping into the light, right? Mm -hmm, it's one of those mm -hmm. weird things that, you know, people are going to think, oh my God, what's wrong with this person? And so, <laughs> and what they started to tell me at the beginning of this year, before mm -hmm. the, any, any of the stuff we knew was happening, I started getting really profound messages from them um, back in January. Actually, we were in Orange County. Um, in California, when we were down, remember, we went down and we went to Disneyland and all of that stuff. I yeah. started having these profound dreams while we were there. We had been on a boat out amongst dolphins and whales. And I believe that cetaceans, dolphins and whales are the um, keepers of the Akashic records. And while I was, uh, after being on a boat among them, I started having these incredibly deep and profound dreams. Some of them, I mean, I, most of them, I can't even describe them to you mm. other than that there were things that they really wanted me to know. And they kept, what they were telling me is be prepared. There's some stuff coming. And Jim and I kind of talked about it. I was like, right, what's going to happen? But we didn't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. And then within, you know, another month or so, you started seeing this, uh, the virus coming out of Wuhan and, you know, the Trump, the Trump, um, impeachment and all of these things that had happened. And so, and since then, once we locked down with COVID-19, they started saying, okay, you're going to put these messages out to the world. And I thought, oh crap, mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. But I did. Yeah. 
And you can, and our listeners can get them on Karen, author Karen Fraser.com, correct? Yeah, they're in the blog. They're all they're of the blog. Any, okay. Anything that um, has a butterfly mm-hmm. on the, as the image is a yeah. direct message. Yeah, I think that that message is very powerful. And it's like, it, it's like I raised my hand when you were talking about what their message was, because that's me, because I get caught up in these, the perpetual negative news cycle and oh, I get angry do. and I get hateful and I get just so yeah. mad and pissed off <laughs> excuse me but and it's then like you contribute to that energy and then I put all that negativity out there and so and I try and I don't always succeed I try okay I'm angry I'm this I'm that I'm outraged you know whatever it is and then I have to go and I have to sit down and I have to start with some intentional thinking I have to start with some positive I have to change the story I have to start with some positive intentional thinking or else it just really really affects my health it, it, it really does affect your health if you get into that continual cycle of hate and outrage and negativity it's not healthy for your body it's not healthy for your mind yes we experience it it's a part of life but we but I feel like for myself I have to be careful because I get so sucked in well, and then it's a constant cycle. We experience something in the moment, but the problem mm-hmm. is is that so in the moment you just deal with what's coming to you, right? But then right. what do we do with it? We continue to relive it. Yeah. And one of the George messages, this isn't anything I've put out because I don't know I don't know what to do with it yet. I don't um it's was incredibly profound. I was having, I was really struggling with something and someone, and I went, this was like about three nights ago before I went to sleep. I just said, help me to understand how to release this. Help me to understand because I know this energy isn't good in my life. Help me to understand what to do with it. And I went to sleep and I, well, I had nights, dreams all night about, um, do you, are you familiar with Schrodinger's cat? Yes. Okay. Essentially, I had dreams all night about Schrodinger's cat is a thought experiment that explains wave function collapse. Um, And sorry, this is going to be, I'll try to do it as simply as possible. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And what wave function collapse is, is that, so Schrodinger's cat essentially says, you put a cat in a box and that cat, and you put some, something with maybe some poison stuff in the box Mm -hmm. in a vial. And either the poison vial breaks or it doesn't. And you don't know whether that cat is dead or alive until you open the box and look, until you observe the cat, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so wave con- function collapse essentially says that everything in the universe exists in multiple states until you observe it. And it's only when you observe it that you understand what the state is. So it's the observation that actually causes things to happen. And so they were telling me this and they said, observation and expectation are what cause things to happen. And it's you observing it that brings Mm -hmm. about the outcome versus because otherwise the outcome just exists in this quantum. It can be anything. Am I getting too complicated? No, no, you're not. I mean, I, I know about that and it's kind of mind bending but yeah, it makes sense hugely. at the same time. Right. And so, and so what, it, what they were telling me is they were saying this with relation to um, like that when you look back at things that have happened in the past, you're reobserving something that you've already observed and you're 
causing that wave function collapse again and again and again. So you're mm -hmm. causing the freaking cat to be dead over and over and mm -hmm. over again, essentially. And so the way that you get over that is you change your observation and you change your observation by allowing things to happen in the now and then no, and not projecting it in the future and in the future and in the future and not constantly looking back, looking back, looking back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It does. It makes sense to me. It's complicated, but it makes sense. It's, it's a lot. It was a lot. Um, I still don't fully understand. I mean, and that's why that's so unformed when I tell you is that's mm -hmm. what they told me. Um, I think there's a lot more to it than that, but it's, it's this um, future projection and con constantly looking back in the past, because what do we do? We say, this has happened in the past. So this is going to make me worry about it in the future, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just focusing and responding in the now. And so I think what they were trying to tell me is that if you are going to project into the future, do it in a way that's positive mm -hmm. so that you're creating that positive energy, right? And stay in the now as much as you can. And if you catch yourself looking back, stop it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that, kind, of what, that's kind of what I got from it, but that's a yeah. really simplistic explanation because I can't quite put into words, which is why I haven't done anything with that other than tell you about it now because it was, yeah, it was. Right. Yeah. I, okay. So law. So this all relates to law of attraction, then, correct? Yes. Absolutely, it does. Okay. Law of attraction, manifesting one's dreams. Yes. Um, positivity, positive affirmations. So yes, I think what I did is I think what that is is that is an explanation actually about how the law of attraction works. Mm -hmm. Wave function collapse is the scientific reason that law of attraction works because okay. we are observing something and we are giving it our attention. And when we give our, and we get to choose how we place that attention. Absolutely. I like, I have some, I wrote down some favorite affirmations and I actually, I got them from the law of attraction.com. Catherine Hurst, who's a, one of the founders of that, of that website. Um, and I just wanted to read some of these because I felt like they were powerful and they really hit home on what we're talking about here. Um, so let me just read my list and then um, you can share some of your um, favorite ones from your life. So, okay. So here we go. I am and always will be enough. I am a powerful creator. I create the life I want and enjoy. I am living to my full potential. I have the courage to create positive change in my life. I am happy and free because I am me. And let me pick one more. I am the architect of my life. I build its foundation and choose its contents. So there's a few of the ones that really, really spoke to me off of um, that website. Um, I, I usually do super simple affirmations. Right. I am happy. I am healthy. You know, I, I choose to go simple, but you can create your own, right? And make them what you want them to be. Yes. Um, the thing that I, I point out to people that I think is really important with affirmation work, and you can do it with visual, visualization work too, is that you don't want to be too terribly specific in your affirmations because you don't want to limit the universe. Mm -hmm. And so um, let's look at an affirmation for, uh, because so many people want and need prosperity. Let's yes. look at an affirmation for prosperity because we've already used that example and we've talked about it. So 
you could use an affirmation like, I have a job that pays me $500,000 a year, right? <laughs> very yeah. incredibly specific. Um, or you can focus on the outcome, which is that I am prosperous. And then allow the universe to decide how, because the first one, I have a job that pays me $500,000 a year, which by the way, I don't, but I would love one. Um, but anyway, um, you can, that's very specific. You're saying yes. the only way that prosperity can come to me is through a job. You have limited the universe. However, you fo if you focus instead on I am prosperous and that's your affirmation, now the universe gets to decide how. The universe gets to deliver it to you in amazing ways. And that's been my experience with affirmations. When I've tried to be really, really specific with my affirmations, um, I limit the universe. And mm -hmm. yet when I have these things that this is what I choose, this is what I choose in my life. I choose to live with compassion. I choose to live with kindness. I am compassionate. I am kind. I am loving. Those are the kinds of affirmations that I have. Now, there's a million ways that that can happen versus, yeah. you know, I have a partner who makes me happy, so I am love. Or, you know, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So you don't focus on the specifics, you focus on the outcomes. And then you can also use visualization. And this is actually Abraham Hicks, um, which is another channeled entity, uh, Esther and Jerry Hicks channel them. And it's um, like the movie, The Secret was based on the principles of Abraham Hicks and the law of attraction actually comes from Abraham Hicks. Okay. So um, Abraham Hicks basically talks about that you want to, and Abraham, Esther Hicks is the channel. Abraham is who she channels. So that's why it's Abraham dash Hicks. Okay. Okay. So, um, but one of the things that Abraham Hicks talks about is that you can when you visualize, visualize the feeling that you want to have versus the specific things you want to have that create that feeling. Because the things that you want, the specific things that you want, I want to be rich, I want to be healthy, I want to, those are all to bring about something, right? So what are those things that mm -hmm. you want to bring about? So if, suppose it's for love, I and so what you really want is you think what you want is a partner. So what, why do you want a partner? What is it that you're trying to achieve? What feeling is it you're trying to receive by having a partner? Companionship, sex, joy, whatever it is, right? You visualize what you want to achieve by having a partner, what you want to experience by having a partner versus focusing on having a partner. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because again, you don't want to limit yourself, right? Right, right. And I find a lot of people, especially people new to affirmations, tend to be overly specific and they do wind up limiting the universe. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I really need to caution again is that if you get up every morning and you say your affirmation or you do your visualization and then you walk through the day and every thought counteracts that affirmation, that's more powerful yeah. than the affirmation. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 difficult because you know you're going through the daily grind and you get get into that mindset, that negative mindset. It's hard. <laughs> I, I it's hard. Look, I do. I yeah. do it. It's a practice and it's yeah. a discipline. It is, and um, it's a matter of catching yourself and really working with your own mind and your mm -hmm. own ego, because mm -hmm. it's your ego that's shoving all this stuff at you that you can't do this. How are you going to pay this bill? Because our ego is not bad. 
egos aren't bad, they're just protective. And so our ego thinks that by saying, well, why would you expect this to happen um, is protecting us from disappointment. But really what it's doing is it's keeping us from realizing our potential. Right. So you control the ego, the ego doesn't control you. So there is actual scientific data that says positive affirmations work. Yes. Um, and according to Catherine Moore, who's a psychologist at positivepsychology.com, she says, and I quote, there are empirical studies based on the idea that we can maintain our sense of self-integrity by telling ourselves or affirming what we believe in positive ways, end quote. And basically the benefits and the research show that these affirmations can, inc- can lower your stress level. Yes. Um, can actually benefit your health, yes. make you healthier, your body healthier. Yes. And also benefit your mind health. Yes. You're in a better mental state yes. through positive affirmations. So I just wanted to notate that. It's true. And I can tell you really quickly. Um, so, you know, I have celiac disease. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that I created that. I talked myself into that. How? By thinking I had celiac disease. So you'd, you, you had, you just felt you had it, and, but you didn't know, but mm-hmm. you were so worried about it. You felt that you manifested that. I think so. Okay. Well, I've never so, told anybody that before. So yeah. I believe, I do believe that that can happen. I do believe that's, that's spending so much thought on something can actually create it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was, I mean, I was around people and people kept saying, you know, because I've, I've always had like some stomach stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, all of these people kept saying, well, you should be tested for celiac disease. Well, I think you have celiac disease. Well, you, and I started to research it and I started to really look into it. And, um, then lo and behold, I go in and I test positive for celiac disease. It doesn't, it make sense that, that even if I didn't have it in the beginning and that was where my focus was and I started looking at that, that that might be what happened. Yeah, absolutely. And again, thought creations. I mean, we've talked about this on Paranormal Underground Radio. You have the Tulpa thought creations yes. where a group, a scientific, oh, well, I don't know how scientific, but a group of, they, they, tr- they tried this little thought experiment where a group Philip of people, thing. the Philip experiment, yeah, whatever it was called. And they manifested a spirit they by thought. Philip. That, yeah, by thought. Yes. And it's, it's just, it's just mind blowing that you can manifest something through thought, but it, it's been documented. It does happen. And it's, yeah, just think about what we manifest all the time through our thoughts. Well, and think about all of the things that you believe. Well, and I guess the, one of the things that I would bring up, and I know we're running a little over time, but I'm okay with it if you're okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is the, uh, the work of Masaru Emoto, mm-hmm. the message is hidden messages in water, um, is a really, this is an experiment that people can do. I actually do something like this experiment for my classes. So what uh, Dr. Emoto did is he took water and in just water and vials or whatever, right? And he wrote messages on paper. And we've talked about this on the show before. He wrote, I love you, I hate you, um, and other messages. And you can go to, uh, I think it's the website might even be hidden messages in water. If you search it, you'll find it. And there are pictures. So he put these on the water. And then after they'd been in contact, just the messages on paper in contact with the water for a while, he froze it. And then he took pictures of the water crystals. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible how, how different, like the, 
kind, loving thoughts have these beautiful ordered snowflake-like patterns and the I hate you and all of these dark yeah. low vibration. It's like muddy. And, and I do this before my classes. I do it with crystals. I have, I take um, round clear quartz beads and mm-hmm. I put them in two Ziploc bags. And I put a piece of paper in one of the bags that says, I love you. I put another in that says, I hate you in the other bag. And I just toss the bag somewhere for several days. Um, and they're folded so I can't see which is which. And then I take the bags into my class and I hand out the crystals and I have them hold one crystal in each hand. And you can feel the difference the in the energy of these crystals. Try it. It's insane. I it's, do want to try it. Do I try do. it. And this reminds me of the experiment, and I can't remember what it was called, but you you shared this this experiment with me quite a while ago where they they I think you did, they played music, okay? They played some classical soothing music and then they played this heavy metal music. And then um, what were they trying it to was, affect? It was water. It was Dr. Oh, yeah, that was Masaru Emoto too. Oh, that was the same, okay. It's on his website yeah. too. So mm-hmm. that was mind-blowing because the, the, the angry music really oh, yeah. like, like brown. Yeah. This was, it was yeah. all the same water. Same yeah. water from the same source and yet the stuff that was like the, you know, the cookie monster, I call it cookie monster music, corn <laughs> scream, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yes. The cookie monster music created this brown. And okay. the like Mozart created these beautiful ice crystals. It's mm-hmm. interesting. And so if it does that water, think about the human body, which is what, are we like 75% water or something like that? Something like that. We're a lot of water. Look, there's yeah. a lot of water in our bodies. Yeah. And if you think about that and it does that just to water, think about what that does to your body. Think about what your thoughts and your beliefs do to your body. If we do it for water, I've seen it done with rice where somebody put cooked rice in two zipper bags with I love you and I hate you and the Mm -hmm. rice in the I love you bag didn't mold and the rice in the zipper bag did, the I hate you bag did. I mean, I've seen this experiment performed in many ways. Try it. It's so, I, I, and I've seen it happen. I've seen it more than once. It's incredible. And, and that's the, so that's the effect that our thoughts have. have. Absolutely. They're so powerful and it's, it just cannot be understated how powerful our thoughts are. But I, I want to say this whole session that we've had here today, um, spiritual activism. I love that. Well, and it's not what it sounds like. So you would think spiritual activism is like standing outside the white house and it says God rules or something. Right. Yeah. And it's not, it's It's being a peaceful warrior. It's being this, um, it's it's being brave enough to take the messages mm-hmm. and take the negative feelings and feel them and then transmute them mm-hmm. into something else. That's love according it. to the Georges, that is what spiritual activism is. I love it. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, so Thank I you think for that's sharing. so funny because mm-hmm. it just kind of dovetailed nicely in there, didn't it? It did. Oh my gosh. Well, meant to be then this little here topic on our podcast. <laughs> meant to be. There you go. Anything else? Um, I wanted to just um, mention real quick before we go that is there a way for me to integrate music? We just talked about this a little bit into my affirmations because music makes me happy and it, it just, it really lifts my spirit up almost instantly when I get to listen to my favorite music. So do you advise doing, say, playing some of your favorite music while you're, while you're doing your affirmations or should you have set, keep those two things separate? 
No, I say whatever creates the energetic mm-hmm. circumstances okay. in that space where you can be happy and positive, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Whatever okay. that is. Um, oh, and actually, you wanted to talk about that. You wanted to talk about the anchoring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for remembering. Do you mind just spending a few minutes on that? No, absolutely not. Um, so music is one of the things that you can use as anchoring because then every time you hear the music, mm-hmm. it brings you back to that space of affirmation. Can you Um, explain what anchoring is? Yeah. So anchoring is actually a um, neuro-linguistic programming technique. NLP is a hypnotic technique. It's actually was created for like sales and persuading Mm -hmm. persuading people things, but it has some really profound personal uses. I really like NLP a lot. I've um, studied it. I'm working on getting a certification in NLP because I think it's such a powerful tool. So anchoring is a neuro-linguistic programming technique in which you basically take when you're in this good state, right? And you create something that is becomes programmed with that good state okay. so that you can remember it. So I mentioned, for instance, when you were talking about music, you listen to music while you're doing your affirmations and you feel all glowy and happy at the end of your affirmations because they should feel good, right? Because right. you're visualizing the good outcomes. Right. So now anytime you hear that music, what's it tied to? It's, it's tied to those feelings, those great, those positive, outcomes. happy. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you can do that with a gesture. You can do that with an object. I can tell you a story about Jim. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Jim. I, Poor Jim. I tell, my, I tell my, <laughs> my husband and kids, you know, you're married to a writer and therefore everybody knows everything about you because yes. it's just nothing is private when you're right. married to a writer. And so they've all, and now my new daughter-in-law, they've all resigned themselves to that. They just know <laughs> this is what happened. Um, so anyway, Jim. Jim and I were in, um, in February, we were up in Canada, up mm-hmm. on uh, Vancouver Island. And there is a sacred site in, on Vancouver Island in Nanaimo, BC, that is a, um, it's a petroglyph park. It has ancient uh, First Nation petroglyphs in it. Oh, cool. Right? And yeah. so it was super cool. Well, when we went, what I recognized is the energy of it, because it's, the petroglyphs are actually like in a bowl of rocks. I'm gesturing like people can see me, but you can see me. Yes. Um, And what I found is that vortex energy, healing vortex energy, such as in Sedona, often Mm -hmm. comes when there's kind of a bowl of rocks. And so this place had very healing vortex energy. And Jim at the time had been having chest pains, although he was lying to me about it at the time. He he didn't want to admit it, huh? He didn't want, he was in denial, but he was having that heart health history. Um, You know, he has, he has the, he's had a heart attack and he's had some stents and things like that. Um, and so he had been having these problems and we went to this park and he had finally admitted to me the day before that he was having these issues while we were on vacation. Um, and so we went to this petroglyph park and he was, he like all of a sudden he had this, he felt fabulous. He ran up the hill. This was a guy who couldn't walk very far without chest pain before. He ran up the hill to where these petroglyphs were and he just had this profound experience. And so what I had him do is while he was in this really, I mean, just, he felt fabulous. So what I had him do is I had him, I said, make a gesture, whatever gesture you want, probably not your middle finger, make a gesture that you're not going to normally make. Right. Um, and so for me, mine is, um, I, I touch my middle finger to my thumb 
and make an okay sign with my middle finger because when am I going to do that? Yeah. Um, But he, he, so he came up with whatever his own gesture was and I had him hold it while he was in there in that feeling. And I had him hold it for until that feeling sort of started to drift away. And so he, he held it for a few minutes and then when we left and he was having, he was like, we were walking through town and he started to have the heart pain. I said, make your gesture. He made your gesture and he immediately went back into that healing experience. That, <sighs> um, oh. Yeah. Now so, he still, we came, it sustained him until we got home. So yeah. we were, when we crossed the border back into the U.S. Um, in Washington state, um, we were detained. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which was awesome experience. And (laughs) this is Jim now who's, who's having heart problems. He's got a blockage in one of his arteries. And so, and it was him who was detained. It wasn't me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they took his passport and they pulled us in to the place and everything else. And he started having the, and I said, make your gesture. Mm -hmm. And he, and it got us through that. Now we got home and um, he, within about a week, he still had to have the heart surgery. It didn't make it go away. Right. But it right. at least gave him a tool to step back into that healing experience and that healing ex- healing space until we could get him to a hospital and we could get him the care that he needed. So it was, it helped in the moment. Now it's not a temporary it's he not always a an permanent yeah right. it's not always a permanent solution but in that case it was a temporary yes. anchor that helped him get through yes. to the if next you're somebody okay. who's okay if you're somebody who's a runner I used to be a runner and I would get the runners high I mm-hmm. oh god it was the best thing in the world until I got so old my knee started to hurt right okay <laughs> but I that runner's high there's nothing like it and then I would I kind of was able to recapture it with yoga and Nia mm-hmm. later uh, which is a little gentler on my body. But when you're in that space of, or when you're done with meditation, or when you've just finished your visualizations or your affirmations, create a gesture while you're still in that space and hold that gesture until it starts to fade. Okay? Okay. And then as you're going about your day, when you have that negative thought, that bill mm-hmm. comes in and you think, crap, how am I going to pay this? right? Create your gesture again, and it will bring those feelings back. You can also do it with crystal. You can use a crystal as an anchor, hold it in your dominant hand, which is your giving hand. While you're in that feeling, hold it and visualize all of that feeling flowing into that crystal. And usually those things will hold for for a couple of, a a week or so, and then Mm -hmm. you just recreate it. You get yourself back into that space again, and you recreate that gesture. You recreate that that crystal and, or you flow it into a crystal or whatever it is you want to use for that. You could maybe, um, you know, I, I, I like doing it with things that are pretty unnoticeable so that, you know, I don't make it, I don't tie it to like bending over and touching my toes and twerking or something. (laughs) If I'm in the grocery store and somebody says something awful to me and I need to get back in that space twerking yeah. probably not the best probably not going to work right but touching my ring finger or my middle finger to my thumb is certainly something that's going to be helpful or holding mm-hmm. that crystal in my receiving hand my um non-dominant hand that i've programmed it in is going to be helpful so when that bill comes make your gesture hold your crystal in your non-dominant hand and let that feeling come back to you and that mm-hmm. is a good way to support your affirmations and visualizations and help move you out of that negative space. I'm going to do that. It's yes. pretty cool. It's very effective. I, I, 
I'm going to try it because I haven't tried anchoring before, to be honest with you. So this is, this will be a new experiment for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what I find is that it wears off quickly in the beginning, mm-hmm. but it holds longer as you do it more. Okay. So yeah, if you notice your gesture or your crystal or whatever isn't working for you anymore, then reprogram it. Right. Get yourself back into that space, program it, boom. Done. Done. (laughs) So that's anchoring and that's a neuro-linguistic programming technique. Neuro-linguistic programming is super powerful. Even if you can find like a little quick course in it, it, it's life-changing. It just reframes Mm -hmm. things, helps you think about things differently. Okay. It really sounds powerful for sure. It is. I have like some really thick, like super textbooky things. Look, I don't recommend that unless you really want to use it as a tool uh, to help other people, but you can certainly find little quick courses for it or even just try mm-hmm. the try the anchoring. That's Fantastic. it. Fantastic. That's it. That's what I got, man. That's what we got. So so our first podcast back from after summer break. Yes. Was fun. Yes, who knows what we'll do. We may have more of these. I'd really like to do, a, I, I, this is going to sound super morbid, um, okay. but I'd really like to do a podcast about death. Okay. Because I think that, and, and so, and I have a friend who's a death doula. Mm-hmm. And so I want to bring her on, but I think that we are so, so we're seeing a lot of death right now, first of all, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I think we're so tied up in knots about death in our society that there's no way for it to be anything but painful. And Mm -hmm. I think that we need to be able to have open conversations about it. Um, And so I don't know. I just think it would be really helpful if we had her come on and had a conversation about it, honestly, because I think I, you know, I view death as transformation versus, um, or coming home versus, Mm -hmm. you know, eternal loss. End of the, yeah. Taking a dirt nap and pushing it. And, you know, yeah. I think it's an important topic. I'd love, I'd love to, to have your friend come on and, and talk about it. Yeah, I kind of started thinking about it like just today because, as you know, I never think of anything until it's right on top of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But yes. I think it would be a good, I think it might be a good next topic. So maybe, maybe if I can get her, um, mm-hmm. although she's getting ready to go to Gettysburg. So we'll see. Oh, I'm jealous. Well, you know, we're going on a trip. You are? Yes, because we were supposed to meet in Sedona, and we I don't were. think that's going to happen this year. Oh, it's not. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll push it to next year. So Jim and I are leaving this month in a couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. we're going to drive down to Mount Shasta. So this is going to be our social distance trip. We're going to okay. go to Mount Shasta. We're going to go to Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to um, uh, Yosemite. Oh, nice. We're going to go to Palm Springs. Oh, you're going to have a blast. We're going to go to Sedona and we're going to visit the Grand Canyon and Bryce Canyon. You guys are going everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we're going to, we have, I think we're going to five national parks. We're going to try to go to um, Antelope Canyon, um, Lassen Volcanic Monument. Um, So we're going to, do all of these things on this trip. Then we're going to come home via um, Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to stay at the Geyser Grand in Baker City, which is that super haunted hotel. Wow. So that's 
freaking awesome, but you're not going to be coming through Tennessee? We're not going that far this time. It's a Darn little bit the year. The snow is going to start. So, oh, man. So okay. No, we bought a new car. Oh, okay. Congrats. Yeah, and um, my my old car has been so lovely. It was a 2007. It has over 220,000 miles on it. And it took us everywhere. And it's been such a lovely, wonderful car. And now it's Jim's commuter car to and from work. We've retired the mom SUV. And now okay. we have just a, a little Honda Accord. So that's where we're going to go do the Western, the Western U.S. and that for, for a couple of weeks. Oh, well, you know, someday you'll come to Tennessee and visit. Someday. Someday. Yeah. yeah. You guys think, or we'll meet in Sedona. Well, I mean, we'll probably meet in Sedona first, I assume. But <laughs> well, no, I really want to go visit the South. Honestly, yeah. I do. It's, and I, I mean, the, Teresa's there, you're there, Nate's there. I mean, there are people that I'd like to Bob, see. Bob? It's not Bob. Bob. Oh, that's not right. I forgot Bob. Bob. He's, he's West Tennessee, but he's, he's, you know, eight hour drive. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it needs to happen. Yeah. Sure. And by the way, I can show you a national Smoky Mountains ever been? No. No, no, but I'd okay. really like to. If you would like to see some beautiful mountains, you will want to go there. I like beautiful mountains. I'm yes. super excited about our trip. Like I say, we're going to go see all these. It's our social distance trip. We're mostly staying in Airbnbs. Okay. Um, and you know, we're taking, basically we're taking food and paper plates and stuff in case we need to eat somewhere. Uh, We plan to basically be as social distanced as humanly possible and just go look at stuff from our car. Yeah. Beautiful. It sounds wonderful. I, I, I can't wait to see all your pictures and your (laughs) pictures. Uh, Yeah. Oh, amazing. I, I, I really wanted to get to Sedona this, this December, but next year for sure. We'll do it next Next year. year. Yeah, hundred percent. We try to go to Sedona once a year. Yeah. Um, it okay. is my happy place. We try to go yeah, to yeah. Mount Shasta a couple times a year. Sedona once a year. Mm-hmm. And yep, we're excited. And fun. Bryce Canyon, by the way, mm-hmm. I've been to Bryce Canyon once before. That is an, a crazy spiritual place. The first time I saw it, I started crying. It was so incredibly beautiful. Okay, wait. I don't even. Where is this? It's at? in Utah. Not, I don't think I've been there. I've been Bryce to Utah Canyon in southern Utah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Look up pictures. They okay. have these stone things in it called hoodoos. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been around hoodoos there and also in Oak Creek Canyon outside of Sedona. And they have this spiritual energy that I, there's something about it that just speaks to me. Wow. Okay. Super excited. Awesome. <laughs> nice. I, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank awesome. God we have a good dog sitter and we can yeah. leave. Although I will be shunned when I get home. Yeah. It's okay. They'll be all right. They'll be, they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. They have, I send them <laughs> They'll forgive you. I send them rapey every single night. They're fine. Oh, oh right. that's awesome. I know. So should we end this? We should. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Intention is Everything. We'll try to be back every couple of weeks. I don't know that we're going to be quite as stringent about our dates as we have been in the past. Uh, just my schedule is insane right now. I know Cheryl's is a little crazy too. We're going to try to come out with them every couple of weeks. Um, We thank you for indulging us and letting us take the summer off. I knew you (laughs) did. All right. 